0: Welcome to our podcast. I'm David Kramer, coming to you from Northern California.
1: And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Uh,
0: Dave and I have been best friends since the early 1980s when we were roommates in college.
1: And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world,
0: or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, and economics degrees, 60 years of work experience, and I believe between us, we have filled out 10 tax returns in the last 30 days. And we're
1: making this podcast together to try to help each other. And hopefully you, the listener, save some money.
0: All right. We're uh, having a few technical difficulties this morning because uh, we took a break. Uh, sort of unintentional, but uh, we were on vacation for a week, which is hard to catch up from. And then last weekend was a bust for me because uh, I had to fill out all those tax returns we were speaking of.
1: And I tell you today, it feels like I've never done a podcast before (laughs) getting back in the swing of things.
0: Yeah, so last weekend, I was pretty proud of myself because for the second year in a row, I got my taxes done early. They were done by 10 p.m. on April 14th.
1: That's pretty awesome. You have until midnight on April 15th. Why getting done so early?
0: Exactly. Though Up until about 9 p.m., I was thinking about filing an extension.
1: Ah, But you got them submitted,
0: though. I did get them submitted, Um, and oh, I'm kicking myself because there's really no reason why they couldn't be done in February, except for uh, kind of rare occasions of people who are in partnerships that have K-1s. Everybody else has received their W-2s, et cetera, 1099s by the first week in February or so, so you could sit down and crank them out there.
1: Yeah. I, um, I always try to rough them out basically end of January, early February, just to see if I owe money and get some sense so I, I know. And if I uh, find out that I owe money, I'll just probably set them aside and work on them later because you're going to pay on April 15th. Anyways, if it looks like I'm getting money back, then I'll usually try to crank through them and finish them because, hey, I'd like to get that money back.
0: Which makes sense. Almost every year I end up paying. Uh, so um, I probably use that as part of the excuse for my procrastination. But there's no reason not to, to fill out the tax returns and then just sit on the check until the 13th, 14th, or 15th.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just I'd like just to know what's going to happen because some years I've paid and um, some years I'm getting money back. I always try to rough it out so I'm pretty close. My goal is to be within about 500 and I've made that some years and some years I've not made it uh,
0: out here pretty consistently I have to pay federal and get a refund from the state and uh, it's never that much money that it felt like worthwhile to tweak the, the W-4s I think that set up your withholding because um, uh, it makes me feel better uh, about paying the federal tax if I, if I'm getting that little refund from the state
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I, I do think for our listeners though, every year I, I will take some time and tweak my W fours. I've had to do it recently. Um, like I said, I try to get within five hundred bucks and I do my mom's taxes. This year, believe it or not, I got within six dollars between federal and state and they were very low numbers. One was O, oh, one was refund. I generally don't get that close, but um uh, as you know, I've got a couple kids, and one of my uh, my oldest daughter, or one, my only daughter. I have two kids. My daughter came off my taxes because she's 26 years old. So a couple years ago, she came off my taxes. She's no longer a deduction, and I failed to make that change from my W-4, and so a couple years ago, I owed, and I was surprised how much you know I owed. Um, so for listeners, I think it's good every year to think about you know, do you need to tweak your W-4 if you're that far off in your taxes, if you will.
0: Yeah, and uh, last year was uh last year being 2018 was kind of a special year because of the uh recent major changes to the tax code. And um I definitely think that the federal government intentionally underwithheld as a as a trick to make people think that their taxes went down more than they did.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And then, you know, some people like, I know a lot of people, you probably know people like this that like to get that big federal refund back. It's almost a forced savings, if you will. So, you know, I don't I don't think that's a generally a good idea because you could be earning interest on it, theoretically. Um, but a lot of people like that back and look forward to getting that check back. I know people that use it to pay, say, their um, real estate taxes every year.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um and intellectually it's absolutely correct you should have the use of the money not give an interest-free loan to the government uh and when i say you i mean the general you you dave blasco as a, a devoted democrat should voluntarily pay taxes because you think government is better at spending money than we are <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness sakes it, it um i think you're better off having it in your own pocket and and uh uh, earning, in, earning, in, earning interest for yourself, even though interest rates are pretty low, you can earn something on that money today. So, so Kramer, tell me, um, I've always done my taxes myself, even back in the pen, paper and pencil days. I know you have done it yourself some years and you've gone to uh, a tax preparer. Tell me like what caused you to maybe go back and forth between those two situations.
0: Well, when I first started working full time, uh, my father's accountant did my taxes f- for free as part of their service. And of course, when you're fresh out of school and you have nothing to deduct and uh, not that big a salary, um, and, and at the time I lived in, in the state of Maryland, which has very simple state taxes, they just take your federal tax, I'm sorry, your federal Joseph gross income and multiply it by a flat 7.5% at the time. So. When I sat down to check what the accountant did, I said I could do this in the time it took them to, uh, for me to check it. So I I waived it. Uh, I only had that going on for a couple of years and I stopped voluntarily because it seemed like a waste of time. And then that year I moved from Maryland to New Jersey where I was working in New York City. uh, And I found myself on April 14th trying to fill out tax returns federal, state for Maryland, state for New Jersey, state for New York, and city of New York City, and uh, kicking myself for thinking I was so smart. It was a giant pain in the butt.
1: That's a lot to do. I've, I've moved like you have and had to fill out uh, taxes to, you know, two different states in one year, which is kind of a pain if you live in a state that has, uh, you know, state income tax. A few, a few don't, but many do.
0: My uh, brother-in-law who works for uh, an NBA team and travels with the team, uh, you, and I see why this happens with the, the large salaries that NBA players do, but he has to fill out a tax return in every state where the team played a game. They have to declare that income from that game in that state.
1: Wow. I never thought about that. That's mind boggling.
0: Isn't it? So it's I think it can be dozens of uh, returns. The, the team pays for it uh, as part of his package because they have to do it for all the players, obviously. But uh, it doesn't seem like we're adding a lot of value to the world by making people fill out 10 or 15 tax returns.
1: Huh. That's interesting. That really I mean, that, I never knew that that blows me away. Because it's, um, you have, when you have that cross-state thing, you know, if you earn, I moved from Ohio to um, Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't have a state income tax, but I'm trying to think, um, I remember you declared that part of the income that you earn in Ohio and pay Ohio tax, but the income that you earned in Tennessee wasn't subject to Ohio tax. It's, you know, rather complicated if you had to do that for every state that you played a basketball game. And that's, wow, that's mind-boggling.
0: Right, because, yeah. So... But you think about the payroll that you have sitting on the bench there. Your average NBA player makes more than a couple million dollars a year, so there's probably a good million dollars of payroll just for the one game. So the state doesn't want to give that up. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Huh. But while that's a pretty interesting for the, you know, for the for the average person, I think I would really encourage the average person to go out there and try their own taxes, especially with today's modern tax software. It is so easy. Um, I think anybody can do it and I uh, will tell a story I just helped my uh, sister do her taxes for the first time ever she had normally pays someone 150 to $300 to do her taxes and she did her taxes for the first time I was just kind of sitting in the room looking over her shoulder but she essentially did it in a little over an hour about an hour and seven minutes and she was um, feeling that it was too hard to do, and and her comment was, you know, when these tax softwares take you through step by step, it's actually pretty simple, and sh- she thought it was a lot easier than it was going to be. So I think it's something that the average person, if you're an employee, you know, you might earn a little bit of interest from a bank account. You might have maybe owned some stocks outside of um, a retirement fund. You have to g- declare those uh, dividends, but it's it's not really that hard once you do it.
0: Yes, I agree. The The tax preparation software, and I, I use TurboTax, um, it, which is, I think, the, the most popular one, does go through line by line and ask you questions. And if you use a paid, rep- paid preparer, they have to ask you exactly the same questions. And the official ones use a paper form or an online form, but they just made it up for their few clients. Um, and so they can't do it as well as into it does with uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of hours programming a user interface.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and you know, uh, I will do my own. Um, I'll do my my mom's, which is fa- hers are fairly simple. Um, I, both my children have to fill out tax returns, and my twenty uh, two year old son did it himself again this year. He did it by himself. I sat in the same room. Um, I will say, I I my daughter who's a graduate student. That's a little bit trickier because the um, rules around grad students aren't really super well defined, if you will. So we sat and looked at, we've looked at her taxes now for the past couple years. I think that's actually, her taxes are trickier than my taxes are in that respect, but um, she's done her taxes. So I've got both my kids doing it um, who are in their 20s and I um, helped my sister do it for the first time ever. And I think she was really pleasantly pleased how, how much easier it was and save yourself you know, maybe 150, 300 bucks, depending on the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, as I understand the law, if you, as long as you don't conceal your income, you report all your income, if you make a mistake, you're subject to penalties and interest, but it's not a crime. So if you in good faith try to fill it out, IRS isn't gonna come drag you out of your house
1: and i think a lot of people i i know i'll I'll use my sister because i think a lot of people worry about that and you're exactly right shielding income is going to get you in in a lot of trouble if you will or not declaring income is going to get you in a lot of trouble but if you make a good faith effort and these programs are so simple they're going step by step by step Um, and many of them have a guarantee that if you get audited they'll they provide some sort of guarantee i've never had that happen to me so i can't speak to that but it's fairly straightforward and I, I don't think you can really go wrong.
0: Yeah, and it used to be uh, what, one of the big flags that would get you audited were uh, just arithmetic errors, and the software doesn't do that. It always foots every, uh, every form that matches the connecting forms, so you don't have to flip back and forth and do it, uh, do it by hand and, and confuse people and end up getting an audit just because you, wrote, uh, you made a decimal point error.
1: Yeah, that is that is definitely correct, and and this year the past few years I've always bought my tax software and I've used TurboTax. Uh, I've also uh, used H and R Block TaxCut uh, a number of years as well, and I think both are fine products. Um, but I know online this year my you can do TurboTax for free, and there's about five different pieces of software out there you can do for free. My kids end up using uh, or. My son used TurboTax. My sister used TurboTax, and um, re- really liked it. I, and I think it's uh, it could fi- that you could file your um, federal for free, and then I think they're making money by charging you to file state for like twenty bucks. So, you know me, I'm going to print the state out and send it in on paper. But if you want to get it in, you can pay twenty bucks and get it get it submitted for for uh, for twenty bucks electronically.
0: Well. I bought TurboTax at Costco for $45. I bought it in January as soon as it was available and then left it sitting in the box next to my computer to make me feel bad every time I walked by. But (laughs) I think I paid, I believe I paid $45 for it, which was the deluxe version that includes one state return and federal e-filing. And then... Uh, in order to e-file with the state, they charged me $24.99, which, which I paid because that's where my um, refund was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. It would have saved me $24.40 if I had uh, uh, just printed it out and uh, mailed it. Um, but I did read, doing some research for this, that if your 2018 adjusted gross income was sixty six thousand dollars or less you probably qualified for the IRS free file program which was a partnership with them and H&R Block and Intuit and Liberty Tax and Tax Slayer who I would never heard of Um, and that according to the IRS about 70 percent of the nation's taxpayers are eligible for that Uh, about a hundred million people Uh, but only two and a half million uh, tax followers used it in 2017. So there's a for our uh, that, that for some of our listeners that's a good option for you.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, that is definitely a good option. I was looking online before the podcast. There are f- five free programs uh, I'm noticing just reading off here TurboTax, H&R Block, E-Smart, tax Act, and Tax Slayer, um, which I hadn't heard of until you just mentioned it, but I see it on, <laughs> I see it on the list of um uh, free tax filings. I can't speak to which one will allow you to do the state for free. It seems like most of them earn their money by making you pay for state features, if you will.
0: Um, yeah. And so it seems like there's roughly 150 million people filing their taxes. Um, I think our population is over 300 million. So that probably says something about average family size more than people avoiding this fun job of filing your tax returns. And, but in 2017, almost 79 million of those returns were filed by a professional tax preparer, so more than half.
1: That is, that is pretty amazing. So, I mean, I I know people who I've worked with who do tax returns during tax season, and they are smart people, but some of them have a degree similar to to, you know, degree that I would have, and they get really good at it, if you will, but like you said, a lot of them are using that tax, a tax preparation software that either their, you know, their business provides to them which are similar to what you and I, you and I would use.
0: Yeah, um, it's been, oh, 10, 15 years since I paid a tax preparer now, but uh, I started doing it right after we bought this house, which was in 2000. And, uh, well, it was, <laughs> it was a tax-driven decision because I, I don't know if you've heard of this, but you can take money out of your IRA without penalty if you're one of the uses you're allowed to do that for is putting a down payment on your first house. So I attempted to take advantage of that when I bought this house, uh, kind of being willfully ignorant because it turns out that that's true up to $10,000. So anything over that $10,000, you have to pay a 10% penalty and it's taxed as regular income. Mm-hmm. So I had a very large five-figure tax bill that year. Ouch. Um, yeah. And I was a little distraught, and uh, my wife said, well, you're not a professional <laughs> tax person. Why don't you pay somebody to to do that? So I, I contacted my business partner at the time, recommended her... Prepare very highly, and I contacted her and and I said, "Hey, for if I paid you a partial 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 fee, could you just review this and tell me if I made any big mistakes?" And her answer was, "Well, I can't. My fee is six hundred dollars, and I use software to do it, so you can't just partially do the software." So like, okay, it was a big number, and. um, she called me back a couple of days later and says, no, you're right. You owe that much money and I feel bad for you. So I'm not going to charge you anything. Wow. <laughs> so I learned a couple of things and I ended up at, she was doing at the time we had a partnership and she was doing our business, uh, taxes and that gets a little trickier. And now I felt some extreme loyalty to her. She's a very nice lady. And, um, so for the next three, four five years, I had her do our taxes at about $600 uh, a year.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. But I mean, I think it makes sense. In my opinion, if you're, I'm an employee, I don't really, I have, um, you know, earned a little bit of interest. But I think if you're in that situation, you should try one of these programs out. And what I would recommend to people is take your taxes out from your preparer last year um, and just compare the two, because that's what I always do every year is I always look at last year's versus this year's. It helps me look to see if I've missed something important. And if things haven't changed dramatically for you, they should be, you know, similar in the. Um, it's a good way to do like a double check if you will. So if you're worried about it, try it compared it to last year, if it looks correct, go ahead and file.
0: Yeah. If you work for an employer for a living and the vast bulk of your income is from your W two and maybe some you know, 10.99 type income from stocks or interest, you should absolutely do it by yourself. There's just not that much to deduct. And with the giant, um, uh, Standard deduction now $24,000 or whatever it is for a, for a family for most of the country It doesn't even make sense to itemize because you're that home interest and the, uh, with a cap on uh, State taxes. There's this. There's, there's no advantage to itemizing
1: Yeah, that's right. That's the big change this year is the uh, Family deduction is $24,000 and like you say most folks are not going to be able to itemize
0: Yeah, if you are self-employed even as a as some kind of side hustle then it gets more interesting. Uh, if you're deducting, then it's, you're able to deduct home offices, some travel, education. And if you're not comfortable with that, then maybe it makes sense to hire a professional to help you with that.
1: I, I, w- I would agree. So the advice I give people when I talk to them is, Hey, if you're an employee like me, most of your incomes from being an employee, you should try to do your taxes yourself. They are really not that hard. And I'll just use my sister as an example. I think she was, it was an eye-opening experience for her to do it and just how simple it was with tax software. Cause I think the thought of it just listening to other people was overwhelming to her. But when she actually did it, it was like, wow, this is really not that hard. And she did it in 67 minutes.
0: Yeah, and even if you are self-employed, uh, it's maybe after having a professional do it for one year, you might do it yourself afterwards because then you'll have an old one that you can compare it to, have an idea of what's fair and what's not. And as an individual, you can actually be, you know, there's a lot of shades of gray in the tax law, and you might be more aggressive than a certified public accountant who has is required to be conservative. Mm-hmm. And like it, I'm repeating what I said before, but if you are too aggressive in your deductions, you just pay the taxes. It's not it's not a crime.
1: Right, right. That's a that's a good point. So I I say, listeners, go out and try your own taxes. I don't think you really have anything to lose compared to your tax preparer the year before. If your income is similar and your life is similar, they should pretty much line up and if you're getting kind of the same answer as your prepare got last year then that's, that's just another check that um, you did it right and I'm pretty sure that if you follow the directions on the program and step by step you're gonna get it right
0: yeah um, and sometimes that helps you because as you do your tax return you should be thinking about tax planning again for a regular person there just aren't that many deductions but uh, TurboTax does prompt you like hey if you make this donation, um, a contribution to your uh, 401, I'm not 401k, but your IRA, uh, you can deduct it off last year's taxes. And, and that's pretty valuable. It doesn't work for everybody, but it's nice to know you have the option.
1: Yeah, or if you're going to make large donations, sometimes if you group them in one year. It's harder now, the $24,000 per, you know, for a couple, but uh, it's still a strategy that might work if you wanted to, say, donate in one year and group donations in one year, rather than doing each year, maybe do it every other year or something like that. Right,
0: and on the other hand, don't get scared away by my uh, anecdotal quote of $600 for an individual tax return. Uh, according to the National Association of Tax Professional, the average cost for an individual return was $217. So, I mean, a couple hundred dollars for some peace of mind might be a good investment.
1: Yeah, well, your taxes, but you had, it's really your tax, you, you and your wife both work. So a tax preparer has to go through both of those and input both of those, I guess. So it's maybe like doing taxes for two people potentially.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they did have a record number this year of uh, extensions filed uh, f- almost 15 million, about one in 10 people uh, filed for an extension. But that's probably because of the transition. And I don't know if you know any, uh, accountants, but they were kind of in a tizzy after the, the tax bill passed. There was a lot of changes.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I, in Arizona, the final Arizona um, uh, tax rules weren't really in place, I think, until was it March? Because there was still some tweaking going on because of the federal tax rule, rule changes. I suspect some other states were in the same boat.
0: Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> I'm sure the tax preparers were getting yelled at a lot more this year than last year, particularly in New York, in California, who uh, uh, got hit pretty hard by the limitations on um, state tax and uh, property tax uh, deductions.
1: No doubt. Yeah, that's for sure. So I think, we're, I think we're both in agreement here. People should, for the most part, try to do their own taxes, save them some money.
0: Yeah. I did use tax cut for many years. Uh, I, in fact, I kept my DOS machine, Microsoft DOS. And if you remember that operating system, just for doing taxes. And I, uh, until I finally got that very nice letter from TaxCut saying, dear, Mr. Kramer, we are no longer going to offer this without <laughs> windows.
1: <laughs> that is too funny. Oh my goodness sakes. I like, I like TaxCut. I, I use tax cut this year. I, I probably use them probably four years out of five. Back when um, Quicken was doing the, you know, the Quicken for your keeping hold of your finances, I'd buy Quicken every three years. And on that year, I would go ahead and um, get TurboTax as well in that year. But on the off years, I'd like to uh, use tax cut.
0: All right. And in our last couple of minutes, I'm going to go on my normal rant, which you've probably heard from me every couple of years, which is that this is a ridiculous way for the federal government to collect money, that the proper way to do it would be with a value added tax. And, with, um, and to make it non-regressive, you should give refunds to people below a certain um, gross income. So then your wealthy people wouldn't file tax returns. Your poor people would, and their time is worth less. So uh, I think there's all sorts of benefits to a value-added tax. Dave, you, you were an economist by training before you were an engineer. All economists agree with that, don't they? I
1: think every economist, four out of five economists agree with that, Mr. Kramer. But uh, that sounds like a topic for another podcast, value-added tax. And my head is exploding right now, and I'm sure some of our listeners' heads are exploding when we talk about
0: a VAT. All right. Well, then we should probably wrap it up. Um, any questions or suggestions for the podcast, uh, you can reach us at davesquaredpodcast@outlook.com. at outlook.com. Um, I'm going to recommend another podcast unless you have one, Dave. Have you uh, done any research on podcasts that you think you might want to listen to?
1: I think the one I've been trying to check out is called The Daily, which uh, I believe is, is um, from the folks at The New York Times, and it might be something listeners might want to check out. What's your recommendation for a podcast?
0: This might be a repeat, and I realize I should keep a running list of the ones I've recommended, but um, the Five Thirty Eight Politics podcast I enjoy very much. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, It's a guy named Nate Silver who, um, he's big on predictions and math. And 538 is the number of uh, electors in the electoral college, right? So it's the uh, congresspeople plus senators plus uh, Puerto Rico and D.C. And so they try and aggregate all the information from polls and endorsements and make predictions about who is going to win various elections. And on this podcast, they discuss their methodology, and uh, it's very wonky and number-based, and uh, I I get a kick out of it.
1: Sounds like an interesting site to go check
0: out. Yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, I think we should sign off now and um, uh, enjoy that uh, giant tax refund.
1: (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.